And welcome in to this edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by the one and only Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, their Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physician, providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialist in Riverside, Ponte Vedra, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and in St. John's. We're on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. And Denny, some good news in Gator Nation. The offseason is underway, but a couple of guys, Marco Wilson, Trevon Grimes, announcing they're coming back for 2020. Great news for the Gators. Great news for the Gators. I, we were talking about this last night on the Sports Den. I love the way college football is going right now. Is You're seeing a lot of these guys that have – Low first-round, high second-round grades electing to come back to school. Sean Wade at Ohio State, uh, local kid being one of them. Um, and we were talking about last night, you know, the reality is we paint this picture of college football as a, as should they be paid or not, should they not be paid. But take that away for a second and realize that everything that they need from a training perspective, a developmental uh, perspective, is right there on that campus. And so if you can come back and – and you can stay with your guys another year, you can win a championship, you can help build uh, the Dan Mullen era, and you can improve your draft slotting by even five to ten spots, you know, you're talking about a couple million dollars maybe potentially in the, in, in that first-round contract being all guaranteed. So I, I love the way college football is going with this. You and I have talked about Grimes a lot. I don't know if I've overstated it, so I'll ask you again. With the departures of Cleveland, Swain, Hammond, and Van Jefferson – Getting Trevon Grimes back, I thought was critical for next mm-hmm. year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think getting Trevon Grimes back and and Tony finding out what Kadarius Tony's going to do. I I, I got to imagine he's coming back. I uh, would think, although he hasn't said anything as of the recording of this. Right. So I think if you get him back and then you get some of the transfers that's that's rumored, um, I think you're golden. You know, you've 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 got the tight end back. Um, I think you're golden at that position. Uh, and I think it's shaping up to where the expectations for Florida are going to be higher next year uh, than they were this year. I want to ask you about a good news on the commitment front and the recruiting trail in just a moment. Before we get there, Jacob Copeland will be probably next to Trevon Grimes as a starting receiver, certainly no worse than number three. What did you see out of Copeland this year that gives you um, – either positive or negative thoughts about him going into 2020? I don't really have either. I mean, I, I coming out of high school, I thought Copeland was going to be a star. And and I still think he can be. I think he's a guy you just got to get into the rhythm. You've got to get him the ball. You've got to feed it to him. You know, Florida hasn't had a number one receiver from a statistical standpoint in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's kind of even split. And I think Copeland is that guy that he almost needs to take over the game. He almost needs to have 12 targets, you know, that type of thing. Um, but he's going to have to learn to to work without that. He's going to have to learn to do the most with six, seven, eight targets, and i got to think that's going to be something that, that they talk to him about and they work with him on. But, you know, the offensive line coming back for the most part, and, and, and now you've got, you know, still interesting situation at quarterback. I I just think this this coming year, I'm even seeing, like, you know, way too early playoff projections. This got Florida in the playoffs. It's saw Florida year. in the Rose Bowl. It was 24-7 was the yeah. one I saw, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think the expectations are there, and I think, frankly, I think the talent's there. we got to see how this coaching stuff shakes out because I'm still not sure that Grantham's going to be back. Right. Um, but, you know, 
with everything, I don't think it could be going any better for the University of Florida right now than what it's going. We'll get to Todd Grantham in a moment. Um, Todd Grantham's defense, at least for now, Marco Wilson comes back. The fact that C.J. Henderson is going pro, if you would have lost Wilson too, that would have been an issue in the secondary, although they had some young guys, Kyrie Elam among them. But getting Marco Wilson back, he'll be another year removed off the ACL I would think that's great news for the Gator secondary. Yeah, no doubt. And that's an area that we said all year was depth depleted, essentially. And, and, and really, Florida got lucky and didn't have a lot of injuries um, in the secondary where early in the year it looked like they were going to. Yeah. You know, so I, I think you, you just – more than anything, you want depth. If anything, we've, tr- we, we've learned we can trust Florida to turn out D linemen and to turn out DBs. And, and whatever they do in, or doing in Gainesville to develop these guys is working. And so it's just a matter of if you can get the guy who's – if you can get that high three-star, four-star guy, it's, it's proven that it works out at the University of Florida. So, again, I, I just – I think from a talent perspective, this may be the best Florida team we've seen in a while, maybe since the Urban Meyer days uh, coming up this coming year. Now, C.J. Henderson, as we said – going to the NFL, maybe a first-round pick, certainly no worse than a high second-round pick as it stands right now. But there's another Henderson on his way to Florida. CJ's brother, Xavier Henderson, committed to the Gators in San Antonio at the Army All-American game. Denny, you actually called the Miami-Columbus-Mandarin state championship game on 1010XL and 92.5 FM here in Jacksonville. What are your memories from Xavier Henderson, and what are your thoughts about him coming to Florida? Florida did beat Clemson yeah. to get Henderson committed. A couple things. Uh, one, from the player aspect, he's a great player. I mean, big kid, great body control, good ball skills. Um, they're going to work with him on his routes, and that's probably the area. And those the, the longer guys have issues running routes at an early age. Um, and But, he's I mean, he's he's good. But I think it's something that they'll improve a ton on. Is he an early enrollee? I mean, I would think if you committed the All-American game, I don't know that. My my guess would be yes, but I'm not positive That would on be that. huge for them if he was. Right. If he could get in there in January, get in the weight room, and then get those spring practices, that would be big. He's going to be a good football player. The bigger takeaway for me out of him committing to Florida is it's a really good look when you have generations start to come through back to back to back. Right. right? From it, Miami. Right, from Miami. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot about what Dan Mullen is doing um, just with that football team and with, with, with really the culture there, when you have a, a guy who's going to be a first-round pick and his little brother has every offer in the world and he chooses to come to your school knowing everything that happened with his brother, that's dope. That's you, awesome. You saw how excited Mama was, too. Yeah. When he committed, Mama was screaming, go Gators, with the Gators sweatshirt on. So, obviously, the parents were all for it. It's got to make Florida fans feel really good. I, I mean, just that little thing has got to make you feel really good. Because I think we all – we all just make the assumption that once a guy goes to Florida, his brother or his son, Emmett, you know, his son going to Stanford, you know, you just make that assumption it's going to happen. Well, these, I mean, this is these kids' own decisions, right? And and when that kid has talked enough about his brother and his brother has hyped up the program enough, and he's been there over and over and over again to see his brother, and he likes the atmosphere. I mean, you're talking about an extended visit, which in a lot of times is very beneficial and sometimes can be hurtful because you know all the bad things about that program, not just the recruiting good things, and he still chose to end up in Gainesville at the University of Florida, I think that is a really big positive uh, for Dan Mullen and his staff. I think it was big to get Henderson because there's some question about Leonard Manuel 
Leonard Manuel is one of the Gator wide receiver commitments, and he's been committed for a long time, but he has not signed. He did not sign in December. We'll have to see what transpires. But getting Henderson in the fold, it's a big-time wide receiver. You combine him with Frazier's from Dinellon. They now have a couple of big-time wide receivers already in the fold. Do you think Henderson is a guy, depending on what happens leading up to the season, but is he a guy that could see time? Oh yeah, as a true freshman. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt. He's got the skill set. That's. It, let me let me rephrase that. If he gets in there early, we got to figure out if he's getting there early. Um, if he gets in there early, if he's enrolled and in class today, um, which he would be if he was an early enrollee, then I think he could because I, I think they can put you know five, ten, fifteen pounds on him by spring and then continue that through the summer, and now he's got the physical stature to go up against the DBs. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, ball skills and all that, he's a, he's a plug-and-play guy. He, he is a really good football player. I mean, he dominated that state championship game. Yeah. Absolutely dominated. That was a hot one. Mandarin won, but I think both teams were in the 40s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he was uncoverable, yeah. and anything that was even remotely close to him, he came down with. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by the one and only Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physician. Listen for the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings here on 1010XL with Dan and Jeff on the drill. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist is located in Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and in St. John's. You can go online and visit them at se-ortho.com. You can also listen for Dr. Chris Swanson Monday nights with Denny Thompson and big game James Coleman there on the sports den. Not just Henderson, but Lorenzo Lingard, a five-star running back from the 2018 class, committed to Miami. I remember talking to Lorenzo during the recruiting process. For whatever reason, and sometimes it works out this way, even if you're a five-star, it did not work out in Coral Gables. He makes the announcement he's entering the transfer portal. He is transferring to Florida. I don't know about next year. I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. I'm sure he's going to seek a waiver with the NCAA these days. Who knows? But the bottom line is Florida's getting a pretty good talent in Lorenzo Lingard, a guy that was coveted during the recruiting process back in 2018. Yeah, and they continue to dominate the portal. I mean, really, they they are picking and choosing who they want through the portal. And the guys that they want, they seem to get. Now, last year, the portal kind of hurt them as well with Chris Steele, which, by the way, that kind of hurts to talk about DBs, and he's not in the mix because we'd be having a completely different conversation. Right. But, but I mean, they figured out this portal thing and how to aid recruiting. Um, and, and I got to think, with their depth chart looking the way it is, they probably feel pretty good about that waiver if they went on ahead and took him. Um, it's a crowded class. I mean, they've got, what is it, 23 commitments or signees, you know, somewhere around that neighborhood. You still only get a certain amount of scholarships, and so that guy's taking a scholarship uh, even for this year. So, I, you know, I think they probably feel pretty good about it, but he is a good enough talent that if you need to wait a year, you wait a year. Yeah. And, and I think these days, especially at the running back position, you figure, can I get two years out of the guy? If I can get two years out of the guy, then, then, then we need to go get him. Well, and look, you follow recruiting. Obviously, the work you do with six points here in Jacksonville and training quarterbacks from all over the southeastern part of the country. I, I follow recruiting, but specifically Florida and Florida State and here locally in Jacksonville. But when you talk to people that cover recruiting regionally and nationally, and you talk about Chris Bogle last year choosing Florida over Alabama, you talk about Kyer Elam choosing Florida over Georgia. Now you have Xavier Henderson choosing Florida over Clemson. Remember Brenton Cox? Mm-hmm. He's going to be eligible this mm-hmm. coming year. The five-star that actually started some games at Georgia 
in 2018. Now he's going to be eligible to play for the Gators in 2020. Slowly but surely, Mullen is starting to beat some of the teams he needs to beat for these prospects. It's one thing, and nothing against these schools, but you know what I mean. It's one thing to beat Mississippi State or Arkansas or Kentucky for a prospect. It's an entirely different animal to beat Clemson and Georgia and Alabama for prospects. And if Mullen starts doing that like he's beginning to, Boy, the sky's the limit for him in Gainesville. Yeah, I, I, you know, I maybe it's a blind trust. I don't know, but I, for whatever reason, in my dealings with Florida and recruiting, I trust the way they recruit. They, they know who they want. They go hard after the guys that they want, um, and they seem to be pretty honest, at least in my experience, with the guys that, you know, yeah, we want you, but we don't have to have you. You know, type of situations, um, and it seems like the guys that they really want, for the most part, they're getting. And if you go back to the Urban Meyer days, Urban Meyer was literally, well, he was Nick Saban before Nick Saban. Like he, well, I guess Nick was around. But he was just, hey, I want you, and I want you, and I want you, and they came. And obviously, we're not at that point at Florida yet. But to your point, you're getting there. You're winning the battles that a couple years ago seemed unwinnable. Right. Um, and, and that's a, a great first step. However, I will say this. I'm not even going to count as a first step because right now it's a top seven recruiting class. And that's phenomenal. You're, you're, where did they end the year? I guess they haven't released their final rankings. No, nah, because we'll have to see what happens in February. They're going to end the year in the top eight. Probably. Yeah. Right. Top if, if, And they're going to end the year in the top eight well, in both recruiting and on the field. And they're probably going to get Avante Williams, the four-star safety, who happens to be Lorenzo Lingard's first cousin. So people are connecting the dots there. And if you add another four-star to this class, that would solidify them probably in the top seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the next step for them is is obviously can we go top five in both? You know, and and that's that's when you start looking at Clemson. Clemson had some years where they were like nine or ten in recruiting, but they were very specific with what they wanted, and it worked out for them. But if you look at the the programs, Ohio State and Oklahoma and and Alabama, I mean that that's what they do is it's it's top six in both. It's top six on the field, top six off the field, and if you start stacking a couple years like that together, and then you've got something. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com. Podcast Network also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. We mentioned Todd Grantham earlier, Denny. Kind of caught some people off guard last week. Joe Moorhead being fired out of Mississippi State. Of course, Grantham spent one year out of Mississippi State as the Bulldogs' D coordinator under Dan Mullen. Grantham's name is being thrown around as a potential candidate at Mississippi State. Um, What are your thoughts on Grantham and that job? And if he were to leave... Would it simply be, and maybe I'm making this too easy, tell me if I'm wrong, if Grantham leaves and I'm Dan Mullen, I call Charlie Strong mm-hmm. and I offer him the job five minutes later? Or am I being too simple about that? No, I don't think you're being too simple. I think there's some there's some good candidates. Grantham's, if it's not this year, it's next year. We talked about this last year. Right. Grant, Grantham has a history of leaving, and, and you can't blame the guy. Like, I mean, he's... He continues to get promotion after promotion after promotion other than, you know, going, what was it, Georgia to Georgia, Louisville. Louisville, Mississippi State. But, yeah, I mean, if you go from a D.C. to a head coach in the SEC, you certainly can't fault the guy. Or even a D.C. in the NFL. Right. Right. right? I mean, that those, those are going to be the options for him. Where, where you really lose something with Grantham is on the recruiting trail. He's in high energy, seems to love recruiting. Um, that's the only reason I think I said this last year when there were rumors about him, I think, with Cincinnati or Cleveland, one of the two. Same difference. Um, I, I was like, I can't imagine this guy in a situation where he's not recruiting. 
because I've been around him, and he seems to genuinely love it. It's not fake. He's a high-energy recruiter, great recruiter. That's where you would lose something. On the field, I mean, we've all been frustrated at times, right? And every fan base that he's been at, it's, it's, it's live or die by the blitz. Uh, every fan base has been frustrated. But I fully anticipate, I fully expect him to leave, if not this year, then next but if Mississippi State is offered to him, you, you don't you don't turn that down if you're Ty Grantham. And if you're Dan Mullen, again, I, I I'm not trying to, you know, connect too many dots here. But you've worked with Charlie Strong in the past. Charlie Strong, obviously, a terrific defensive mind. It didn't work at South Florida. To me, that almost makes too much sense. You lose Grantham, you simply replace him with Charlie Strong. Yeah, you you got to have a serious conversation with Charlie Strong though about where are you at. I mean, the guy, the guy just got done. You know, he's making $5 million a year right. at South Florida. Yeah. You know, are, are you, do you still have that grind in you? Because he's been, he's been beat up pretty good between Texas and South Florida. Like, can we still count on you to go and, and, and grind through the recruiting process? And, and if, if you feel like you can, then, yeah, that would be a pretty simple choice. If, if there's any hesitation at all on that, you've, you've got a train heading in the right direction. You, you, can't, you can't risk – derailing that over somebody who's not all in on recruiting the good news for the gators hey by the way can you guys do me a favor on facebook live and just hit like <laughs> just just do, do me that favor just take you one second just hit like like we should see 70 of those bad boys right now appreciate it that would be fantastic no question about it the good news for florida this week is that mike mccarthy was introduced as the dallas cowboy head coach uh dan mullen's name was in the conversation in fact i believe it was chris mortensen of espn earlier this week that said uh, one of the Joneses, Stephen Jones, Jerry's mm-hmm. son, yep. actually wanted Dan Mullen. Jerry, obviously the owner of the Cowboys, got his say, and Jerry Jones ultimately chose Mike McCarthy. Now, the Gators maybe dodged a bullet there. because Imagine Dan Mullen leaving when he's got things rolling. But it gets you thinking. With the work he does with quarterbacks, you know Dan, you've – you're, you have a relationship with he and some of the people on his staff. Do you think at some point down the line he's going to have the itch to go coach on Sunday afternoons? In the right situation. But I think Florida, it hasn't been, but it should be a destination job. It should be a, this is where I want to be. They've got the resources to, to treat Dan Mullen like, Clemson has treated Dabo and like Alabama has treated Saban. They've got those resources to do that. And, and, and he seems to be really all in on the culture and building the Gator standard and, and all that kind of stuff. And he's making a ton of headway, but it would be hard, right? I mean, if the Cowboys came calling, if the Patriots came calling, if one of the historic program or franchises came calling, it would be hard. He's not, it's not like you can go to the NFL and get rich you're already rich right the only difference in the nfl is it's maybe not as full-time of a gig because you don't have the recruiting aspect but you have the scouting aspect i i don't see dan mullen leaving in the near future the cowboys would have scared me because it's the cowboys but and dak prescott i mean you can make the connection yeah 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 that's true but I, i i don't i don't think i don't think dan mullen goes anywhere in the next you know, three years, four years, something like that. Uh, but at some point, is he going to get the itch? I don't know. But but I'll tell you this: he seems to be. He seems to be at home at Florida. He seems to be very invested uh, in what this program looks like. And if and here's the other thing: let's say it's two years from now, and they have two more years like they just had, right? Top ten. Well, now you are one of the best jobs. 
and you didn't fire a coach. He left. He advanced, right? And there's a big difference in, in, in coaching world of, holy cow, they fired three coaches in five years, and, oh, no, never mind, one of them just left to go to the NFL. That that makes the job more attractive than somebody who's constantly turning over coaches through firing. And those facilities will be ready right. in the next year or two as well, right. yep. which are going to help down there at the football office and all that that's going on in Gainesville. Um Boy, you think about Dan Mullen. We're going to end on basketball, so I know get ready. I know you're fired up about that. But you think about Dan Mullen. He inherited a four-win team just two years ago. Two years ago, 2017, they were a four-win team. They've won 21 games in his first two years, including back-to-back New Year's Six Bowl games. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. It is. I mean, that's, is that and not a grand guys, slam hire? He's still got guys that I know talking about his job will be questioned if he doesn't beat no, Georgia No, I did year. not say that. I didn't say it'd be questioned. I said people are going to start getting angry. Because to get where you want to go, and we're going to do this all off season. And Gator fans, you can agree with Danny or agree with me. You know as well as I do. If Georgia beats Florida next year and Mullins 0-3 against the Dogs and you don't win the East as a result of it, frustration's going to start mounting you, with that. You said that the Florida fan base is going to start to get impatient with Dan the, Mullen. That's imp- what you said. Impatient. Impatient. Calling for his job and being impatient, I think, are two different things. All right. Uh, he better win in the next two years. You go 0-4 right. against the Dogs, then I do think people will start. I mean, that's what gets you fired when you lose four in a row to your arch rival. Am I wrong now about you're that? you're talking about him getting fired after I, four in a row? I'm just saying, if you lose four in a row to Georgia, I mean, John. now granted, John Cooper was at Ohio State longer, but he could not beat Michigan, and that got him fired. Mark Richt was at Georgia for a while. We'll revisit and, this if, if and when that happens. I can't imagine somebody going 10-2 and two and getting fired. Look, you beat LSU, that's wonderful. You fire, you fire that guy, you deserve whatever you Again, get I'm not it. calling for his job this year or probably even the next year, but if you beat LSU, that's great, and they've done that. You beat Auburn, that's great. They've done that. You beat Florida State to death a couple of times. They've done that. That's all wonderful. Tennessee. Tennessee. Everybody. Everybody but Georgia. To get to where you want to go, which is Atlanta and the SEC championship game, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to beat Kirby, Smart, and the Bulldogs. And if you continue to lose that game, thus costing you the division, thus costing you a shot at the conference title, that's going to get old really quick. And we'll see what happens. But we will we will revisit that in the month of October. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialist in Riverside, Ponte Vedra, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. As we wrap up Gator Bites, Denny, um, Florida plays this week, a couple of road games, South Carolina, and Missouri, give Mike White credit, all right? Man, I – And I'll tell you why. They're down 21 at home to Alabama, down 14 at the half. They're down nine with two and a half minutes to go. And they come back and win that game in double overtime. I'm not saying they're cutting down the nets at the end of the year, and I'm not even saying they're going to make a long tournament run. What I am saying is a win like they had this past weekend against Alabama – that can start the momentum rolling a little bit. For those freshmen to come back in a conference game like that and win in double overtime, that was a huge win for what, the Gators. What year is this for Mike White? Uh, year five. Okay. He's nine and four. Okay. He is. He's nine and four. I, I mean, every year we talk about the youth of the team, and every year we talk about the absence of this or the absence of that, and every year we watch this brand of basketball where they can't hit a freaking shot, and every year we hear people talking about, well, no, no, Mike White's the right guy. 
I mean, damn, it, this has been long enough. When you consider the top eight players on the team, top nine, we'll go top eight. Other than Kerry Blackshear, they're all freshmen or sophomores. Whose fault is that? Well, I, I, you're, well, I mean, he's been recruiting long enough. He's been there long enough. Whose fault is that? I'm saying, I mean, if this team. If that's, if that's the team that you assembled as a head coach through five years, you cannot use that as a crutch. I'm not using it as a crutch. I'm not saying you. I'm saying I, I don't want to fire Mike White. But it's like people in, in Gatorland have this. It's almost like become this dev- divisive thing. Either you're a Mike White hater or you're a Mike White apologist. Like, I'm in the middle. Uh, you got to show me now, Mike. You've I was in the middle enough. before I started talking to you. You're swaying me to the other side. No, you just got to show me now. Like you've been there long enough. You're not young, Mike anymore. You're not like, oh, I got, I got to follow in Billy Donovan's footsteps, and, and that's all gone. You've been there long enough that you can't gripe about what you're putting out on the court because you brought him there. That's that's you just said it. His biggest flaw is he's not Billy Donovan. No one's ever going to be Billy Donovan again in Gainesville. And as soon as Gator fans figure that out the better off you're going to be. You're not going to win back-to-back national titles. So you need to enjoy a double overtime victory over Alabama. I'm not asking for Alabama. back-to-back national titles. But that, I'm not asking for that. I, I, I'm asking for a brand of basketball where people can actually shoot a basketball. That that Because I've heard the same dang thing now for five years. First three years, cool. Cool. They did score 104 Fifth points year, on Saturday. In double overtime. Okay. Go, yeah. go back and look at the rest of their games. Oh, yeah. And then and then next week, mark it down. This time next week, they will have had an offensive output where they put up 50. Yeah, probably. Probably. Two hard road games at South Carolina, at Missouri. Yeah, that, yeah, that SEC slate is something. Well, I don't, we'll see what two happens. Two ranked teams in the SEC? Uh, Missouri. Auburn and Kentucky? Yeah, yeah. I thought Missouri might be ranked or not. They're Are they? Like, they're like nine and four. The too. SEC may be the ACC. Like the ACC of football and the SEC of basketball may be the same. That's thing. fair. That's fair. Look, I'm just saying for what it was for all those 19 year olds and 18 year olds and Kerry Black. No, 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 great win. To come back no, from great, 20 I'm down. Taking, that's a big deal. I'm not taking it away. I'm not taking anything away from that. But we don't have to declare sides yet. But at the end of this year. I'm going to make a choice. Like, I, I'm either pro Mike White or I'm against Mike White. That choice is coming. I, I, I may even do like drop a little Twitter note like the recruits do. Yes. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. He catch Denny weeknights, 8 to 10 now. Right? Yeah. On yeah. Uh, the sports stand with Denny Thompson and big game James Coleman. You get me noon to 3 on 1010XL alongside Matt Hayes, Joe Coward, and former Jaguar Pro Bowl offensive tackle, Leon Searcy. Back next week to talk more recruiting. To recap, Denny Thompson's favorite guy, Mike White, and Gator Hoops as well. This has been Gator Bites right here on the 1010XL.com podcast network presented by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists.